Hi again, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, and we're going to have a lot to get to here on this uh, Thursday night edition here. Uh, as Anthony and I do this podcast, it's about 8 o'clock here on a Thursday night, uh, November 16th. A lot of things I want to talk about that are not necessarily all about sports, but it's a, it's a, all within the realms of sports. Plus, I want to talk about, uh, you know, Shohei Otani, I believe that's how you say it, uh, the Japanese player who is coming into Major League Baseball. And, you know, being an Indians fan, uh, we are, Anthony, we'll talk about him and expect the Indians to land him. But I hope the Indians do and have an opportunity to, uh, you know, make their pitch for him. And we'll get more into that here in a second. And uh, we're going to talk a little YSU basketball for sure as the season just tipped off this week. And, a lot of little things going on there, ridiculous things I want to talk about there too. And also uh, I, something that's been on my mind for a long time about it in a while. It's, and I've been kind of tweeting about it the last few weeks is uh, reporting in, in, in sports and like our podcasts, talk shows and on Twitter and on Facebook. It's so easy to steal someone else's information and try to show yourself, oh, I'm ahead of the game or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's just absolutely ridiculous not to give credit where credit is due. Uh, you know, we do a lot here on this podcast. And I I use information from a different sources, from the Vindicator to uh, online and stuff like that. And I try to give information credit to those who give it. The high school football scoreboard show, all of that information came from the newspaper mm-hmm. and online. I didn't, you know, I was not trying to steal it from anybody. I was just putting it out there as a show uh obviously many different organizations i use during that and uh, you know i always try to give credit to z104 for the highlights you know when we had them and uh when ray us highlights from his games over in western pa and when gene winters did it too i uh, try to give them the credit for the their games and their organizations who broadcast those games and you know, that's all I'm looking for now, and it's something that's really bugged me a lot lately. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to jump in the gun here, but we're going to get into that. It, it's just there's there's certain amount of uh, professionalism I expect Hope to see more of it. And I think, you know, you're not you're not fooling anybody. Let's put it that way. You're not fooling anybody when you try to say you're reporting something that's came out from someone else. Like a perfect example is that uh, Corey Cooper won his second Cy Young Award. You didn't break that story. Major League Baseball released that information. Players Association released that information. It's not like, hey, guess what? I mean, you know, I, I, I had a tweet. It's a congratulations to, you know, Corey Kluber for winning his second Cy Young Award. The, the story, I read the story and congratulated mm-hmm. him and retweeted, you know, ESPN and others who reported it and had the story on it. Uh, it's not that I, you know, was in the room when it was announced or was at the press conference or anything like that. But, you know, you, you don't want to come across as someone who who broke the story or made the story without giving proper credit to those who actually did the, did the work. You know, in the NFL, you see a lot of these, you know, people, and I don't think it bothers them as much because they know what they do. I mean, if you're – you don't give a shit what Tim Continenza thinks in Youngstown, Ohio. But, you know, the the bottom line is uh, you want to give 
Adam Schefter credit for what he does because he does an excellent job of covering the NFL. And uh, that's the little things I want to get into a little bit. It's been bugging me, and I can't, I've been wanting to say that for a long time. And uh, before we get started, let me uh, let me uh, turn the mic over to my friend and uh, cohort, uh, Anthony uh, Kepley. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty dang good today. It's uh, You know, you can definitely tell that football season is slowly ending. For some people, it's it blew up Saturday night in their face. Um, and it's quickly becoming basketball season. If you're a basketball fan like me, you're off to a good start for your teams. Um, baseball slowly getting there. We are now less than three months away. We're less than three months away from spring training. That's less than a hundred days. So I know it's going to be long and I know we all said it's going to be a long one, but you know what? Sooner or later, we're going to turn on STO, and they're going to have some baseball down in Arizona, and we're going to quickly forget about the debacle in the ALDS. So, well, um, it's a yeah, good time yeah, to you know, fan right now. It is. Look, the hot stove is 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 a fun time of the year. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's to me what it's about. You know, enjoying the atmosphere of uh, talking baseball in you know late November, December, January. Uh, especially with free agency coming about, uh, trade talks, you know, heating up, GM meetings just beginning, going on, and in the world of baseball during the off season, it's a short off season because the uh, postseason lasts as long as it does in baseball. Now, I mean, when I was young and I'm showing my age here, you know, October 10th the season was over. It's now November 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. Mm-hmm. It shows you the extension of the season. You know, the, obviously the, the extension of the playoffs with the wild cards and, uh, you know, how that is all shaped in the last, uh, you know, especially the last, you know, three, four years with the expansion. But it has really changed the atmosphere. And, of course, every game's on television now. And, you know, they pre-scheduled these games, you know, years ago. Uh, when a series ended, the next one began right away. And in all sports – you know, they had series like the NBA did that too. Now they're all scheduled. So you have in between series. And, you know, and that's, you know, one thing that some teams have to deal with that other teams don't through the uh, wild card game in baseball all the way through. And we've seen wild card teams win the World Series. And I think that had a lot to do with it. I mean, when they won it, when they beat Pittsburgh a few yep. years back, perfect example. Uh, you know, Bumgarner really led them the, all the way to the World Series that year, but they played every day. That was, you know, and baseball is a game that's played every day, and they had that opportunity. Yeah, they had a few days off in between series once in a while, but not often. But it really, I think, is an advantage uh, for the team that comes out of the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Not always an advantage, but it can be with a team with some depth in pitching. And with a good lineup, and like the Giants had a few years back, did and kind of like the Yankees did this year. I thought it was a great Yankees, you know, and one of the reasons why they were able to get past the Indians. That's you know, that's really getting you know, rehash old news. No, but uh, there's a lot going on in the world of sports, and you know, I got off my little my uh, little diatribe at the beginning about oh. Giving credit where credit's due, you know. I know a lot of guys who actually recover games. You know, who, you know, locally, you know, 
you know, we were talking before we got you. You mentioned John Vargo, who covers YSU. You know, he does an excellent job and has done for mm-hmm. years. And who uh, have covered, you know, YSU football and basketball over the years. And then, you you know, you go to like Mike McLean, who covered the Browns for many years with the trip uh, in Warren. He did a terrific job. Or you go to like myself, who, you know, had a, you know, Eric Boland, who covers the Yankees now, or, you know, a Darren Ryder, who, who covers the, uh, I don't want to steal their information. They put a, they put a lot of information out there and it's there for the fans and they want to be the first to release it. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Competitiveness of the business, but I don't want to go out and say, uh, you know, the Yankees are, you know, have, have, has sent down such and such, you know, mm-hmm. And make it look like I broke that story because it's I didn't. I got the information from Eric mm-hmm. or someone online, you know, uh, especially the NFL. You see this more and more with the NFL. I mean, like for a perfect example would probably be the Tyrod Taylor last week. Uh, you know, it was reported by a lot of different people. And I think it was Phil Yates that actually broke that story. And when I tweeted retweeted it you know and i've seen others oh i'm like no you didn't break that story you didn't break that story (laughs) as much as you want to say you did or make it look like you did you did not and you can pass on someone else's information properly Mm -hmm. stop doing that i did that a while back i probably about two three years ago i would like you know rewrite it and i and as time went on i started realizing that's just that's wrong it's not correct Mm-mm. It's not the best way to do it. It's easier to person who who actually broke the story. You know, I rather say Adam Schefter reported. I rather talk about that happened. Now, if I watch the game and have an observation, that's different. Mm-hmm. I have no 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 qualms. If you quote unquote live tweet a game, uh, and I used to do that too. I don't do that as much anymore. I have no problem. Like, you know, when we do the high school football games, you know, so yeah, we're getting that mm-hmm. off the internet. I mean, there's no, there's mm-hmm. no question. We, you're getting it from somebody yeah. else. But we gave credit to, to you know, like to uh, WFMJ. Yeah, you know, they were, right. And others. And, and that's what you do. You don't, you know, obviously we'll pass on any information we get. Some of it we get from the station itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember years ago when I used to call, a different press box to get the course. Well, that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. the way we used to do it many years ago. I, you know, Twitter, I mean, Twitter's changed the entire realm yes. of sports reporting. Uh, it's instantaneously and it's out there and you can do it. And, you know, that's why, you know, we have a Twitter uh, page. We don't promote it and that's my own fault. And, uh, you know, we have the real MVP.com or no at the real Radio MVP. That's what it is. Real radio MVP. I had to think. I don't use it that often. It's my own fault. The truth of this matter is, you know, we need to use it a little bit more and get more people to find us and uh, and continue on this this journey that you and I started about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, it's growing. And uh, you know, and I want to make this appeal to everybody, you know, that that listens, as with your family and friends. Tell them about it. Help us grow this to the next level because I know Anthony and I want to do it. 
you know, hopefully we can uh, attract a sponsor or two down, down the road that mm -hmm. may want to be partners with us and, you know, and continue to grow where we can be more uh, maybe interactive and, and do some, some exciting things that we haven't done before. So, you know, and uh, we're going to be using this, you know, the Google Hangout. Uh, I mention it all the time during our podcast because uh, I think we're going to do more of the live broadcasting like we're doing tonight. Mm -hmm. So, and we're going to, in the future, you know, try to promote that we're going to be live on Google for you to interact with us because there's a way for you to do that through the chat. So, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do with this podcast we haven't done yet. And I'm looking forward to growing it. But yeah, it, it drives me nuts watching someone across the board, Anthony. It can, and it happens so often. Give credit where credit is due. I'd rather see you retweet someone else's information simply because you're then giving them mm -hmm. credit for the story that they broke and in information. I don't mind if you want to put your own spin on it, I don't have a problem with that. But don't come across as that you're breaking a major story when you're not. You know, that's just to me is just is is an ethical standards that I think we all buy. And I, I mean, look, as I get older, I think the more I recognize the need for that. And I hope those who may or may not listen to this hear this, you know, uh, either through different sources, recognize that. Not giving me information on Twitter is Andre Knott's information mm -hmm. about the Indians. It's not my information. And then I may then use that same information, but let's give him credit for breaking the story. Mm -hmm. Or if it's, you know, if it's someone within the Indians organization, you know, like Mike Underwood, let's give him credit for, for, you know, going on Twitter and getting the information first, that type of thing. I think that's important. And, you know, Years ago, I never gave it much thought, but as, but as time goes by and how instantaneously information is 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 really given out today, uh, at least be professional about it. Give credit where credit is due. Don't try to come across, you know. I remember when Jim Trestle was uh, the you know, interview with the Buckeyes. I actually had a, a few people that I knew that were down in Columbus. You know, and I had information about certain things. Now, I didn't have inside information, mm -hmm. just rumored, but it was it was quality, it was fair, it was legit. It had it had it had substance. And I remember used to say, and all my sources in Columbus used to say, and it was a source. It wasn't a mm -hmm. great source. It turned out to be pretty accurate, and uh, I learned I learned a lot. You know, and that's just the way it works. And but I don't want to. You know, in today's world of instantaneously being out there, you know, if I get something wrong, I want to be able to correct it. And if I, uh, I want to give credit where credit is due to somebody who actually does the work. I mean, I think it's great that you and I get to talk about it all day long and hopefully promote sports. And, and we're going to talk about the high school football season just ended too. I know we haven't really gotten into that. Uh, RZ 104 games of the week ended last uh, Friday. So we're going to get a little into that too. But I just want to get your thoughts here about people who not necessarily break a story, try to put it out as a story that they're breaking. Yeah, I think it. anytime a journalist does that or a person in the media does that, it's going against everything they were taught for 
eight or nine years because every single one of them who holds a job in the media, whether it be radio, TV, newspaper, internet, blog, they all went to school for sports journalism, media broadcasting. And I guarantee you, in every single course from first grade on up when you started writing, when you started doing a little research projects, maybe second grade, the first thing your teacher told you and the first thing on that rubric, cite your sources. Do not plagiarize. And I, it's just, it's okay that you don't have, it's like if you were to say something about Ohio State. It's okay I didn't break that first. It's okay. I think so much now people want to be the top dog and and they kind of throw the ethical guidelines away. Well, you know, here's a perfect example. Here's not to interrupt you too much, but you know, I just got a tweet, you know, Buster only, you know, sourced. Pitcher Ryan Rorke, formerly of the Twins, has agreed to terms with the Orioles. You know, I could easily say yep. Ryan Rorke is going to sign with the Orioles today. You know? Yep. Uh, I didn't break that story. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's. That's what I'm talking about. And, and I know you're, you're, there are people, who the hell is Rorke? Well, I don't know who he is neither, but my point <laughs> My point is, there's there's a story right there on Twitter that you know Buster only put out, mm-hmm. and it could be about anybody. Let's let's just you know speaking of Buster only and talk about baseball, you know, and it could be about Otani, mm-hmm. you know, and saying you know Otani's going to sign with the New York Yankees. Now, this is an example, but uh, we don't know there and say I, I'd rather say you know Buster only is reporting, you know, or. And stuff like that, simply because they're the ones doing the job. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm the guy who's benefiting from them doing their job. Mm-hmm. Ability to go cover uh, Major League Baseball on a daily basis, I can get a lot of information from the internet, find out a lot about different players, and I can watch a lot through Major League Baseball's, uh, you know, online apps and stuff like that, which I do, and I and I have no problem with that. If you happen to be a fan of a team and you games uh on a on a daily basis i don't care if it's basketball or football or baseball that's great you you're an authority on that team and on, on that level but uh to you know report about contracts or uh awards eh, not necessarily you know you're, you're yeah. not you know unless it's your award given it out to someone i don't think or you're on that board you know who decided that i i just i have that committee, I just don't necessarily think that's the way it should be done. But you know, it just it kind of kind of frustrates me when I see it more and more. And and it just I know I'm kind of going in circles on it, but really, it's just there's no need for it. You just got to be straightforward to your to your listeners and to your your viewers if you have you know viewers, and and be straight up. You know, uh, if you have a fantasy football, you know. Uh, tip okay that's fine that's your belief you know but if you're a uh, you know you just give them credit if you heard it from somebody who's a professional at it give them their credit their due because you know that's what they do for a living and that's you know that's what it's all about but uh you know hey i brought up a tawny mm-hmm. this is something that i think we kind of talk about a little bit uh those who don't know who i'm talking about 
uh, I want to say Sean He, Sean Hey, Shawnee, Shawnee, I think it's Shawnee. Shohei? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I apologize. I should know how to say it, but I want to say Shoni Otani is how you say it. I, I could be 100% wrong. He's a Japanese baseball player uh, from the Japan League or Japanese League and America to play. And what's interesting is he is bypassing a chance to stay in Japan for another two seasons and then become an unrestricted free agent and make millions of dollars on the open market. Uh, right now, he would come to an, uh, to a major league team for the price tag of $20 million posting fee, which goes to the team's rights that currently owns him in Japan. And then you could sign him to basically a minor league deal this year, and you would have control for him for the next six years. Mm -hmm. Now, what makes this guy so unique is he is – a guy who can hit over 300 and hit home runs, but he also has a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and throw pitches. Uh, he's, he's Babe Ruth reincarnated in a, in a Japanese ball player. He's had the opinion, uh, Anthony, and, I, and we never talked about this. I said always uh, the greatest baseball player ever played, and I think most people generally agree, it's Babe Ruth. Mm -hmm. And simply because not only was he – going to be a hall of famer he would have been a hall of fame pitcher hall of fame outfielder that he mm -hmm. became and home run hitter that he was well now in today's baseball especially in the american league with the dh i always you know for years you know and this is not uncommon opinion to be the greatest player today in baseball because he could dh four days a week and pitch on the fifth day mm -hmm. you know for the yankees or the, or or for the uh, red sox back in the day you know and, uh, but that's not, you know, obviously that's what Otani can be. Uh, and you know, that posting fee is just for the team that eventually signs them. So it's not, you just have to say you're going to post the $20 million and, and prove that you have it, which all major mm -hmm. league teams can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's no big deal. You can uh, talk to him and it'd be foolish for the Indians not to do it as an Indians fan. I'm not saying they're going to land them. I would love to see him choose the Cleveland Indians because this type of talent doesn't come around every day. But this guy here could blow up Major League Baseball like we've never seen before. You know, Baumgartner talks about, you know, how he likes to uh, swing for the fences and, and bat. And he is. He's a great athlete. And he's proven that he can hit the hit a baseball, you know. And uh, you go back in the day um, – uh, to some other players, but you know, Bumgarner wanted to be in the home run derby contest. I mean, Otani could actually mm -hmm. be that pitcher in the home run contest in a year from now, kind of like you know what Judge did this past year. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it, it's a reality that's coming to the major leagues. And I don't know where he's going to go. I imagine he's going to either land in LA or New York mm -hmm. uh, because of the market size. But the contract that they're going to offer them are the same contracts that Cleveland or mm -hmm. Minnesota or Texas, any of these other teams can offer because it's basically going to be a minor league. You're going to have control over them every year. You know, obviously you have, uh, you know, escalations in that throughout the years that go forward. But still, it's, it's, it's huge, you know. I think and try to at uh, least – get information about what he's looking for and what they want to do. 
Uh, it may throw a wrench into your long-term plans, but for a player of this caliber, you'd be absolutely foolish not to. I don't care if you're, you know, you're, you like, you know, if you're Arizona or if you're Miami, you know, you have to. You absolutely have no choice because a player like this on a free agent market doesn't come that cheaply very often. Think about this. We just did pick up Michael Brantley's option, but he's going to be out until the foreseeable future. We don't know when he's coming back. And when he does come back, he's off a surgically repaired shoulder and ankle the past two years. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm giving up on him or – but we got to face the facts that he's had a lot of surgeries the past couple of years. And, you know, we are losing your guy, maybe Brian Shaw. There's a lot of teams interested in him after a, I God, I don't like saying this after a very good season last year, a, almost a near 80 outing uh, season. You could stick Otani if the Indians sign him. And you could plug him in a corner outfield spot for a couple days a week with the cannon that he has, mind you. Trust me, I've seen highlights. He has a cannon from the outfield. And when you want to give a Miller or an Allen a rest, you you, you came with that 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the, in the seventh or eighth inning. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's going to happen, and I'm, and I'm just – Free-flowing, but, I mean, I know the Indians probably won't do it, and they may not win out on him because of the market size and all that. But if you think about it, Chisenhall has been banged up. You might not get Bruce back. Zimmer's coming off a broken hand. So you're going to need some guys that can play the outfield. you got Kipnis in one spot. But if Kittness gets hurt again, if his neck acts up or something acts up, I mean, and in Cleveland, you're going to play a lot of double hitters. I, we had one stretch of shoot, we played two or three in a row. Tito usually doesn't like using regular starters in one of the games. Otani's a perfect candidate for a spot start. Go get me four wow. or five innings, or whatever you can give me, and then I'll play the bullpen after that. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you think about it, it kind of feasibly does fit. Tito, the past couple of years, has proven he's an out-of-the-box guy. You know, nobody had dreamed of using Andrew Miller and the talent that is Andrew Miller in the fourth and fifth inning of games and throwing him two to two-thirds of it, you know. But Tito's shown he's not afraid to go outside of the box. I mean, who in their right mind would have put – a Carlos Santana leadoff. Nobody. But Tito did it work for a little bit. So if you think about it, he can play a corner outfield spot for you. can play, you know, maybe an infield here or there. If you train him, at, if you sign him and you get him at third base, there's your third baseman right there. Um, and then, you know, when you want to throw him the next day or when you. Well, let's look at it this way. You can let's put look, him at first. Let's 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 put a little common sense into what you're saying here. I'm not saying you're incorrect, and I think you're 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 on the right track. Let's look at it this way. There's no guarantee Santana or Bruce will be back. Mm-hmm. It is a 50-50 chance that both of them may not be back. Yep. Okay. 
Now, rumors has it, and I say rumors because, you know, there's different reports from different people that the thought is that Brantley may make the move back to first base where he played mm-hmm. some in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, especially when he first came up in Mo- Milwaukee organization. I don't think he played first base with the Indians since they acquired him. He may have at the triple A level. I'm not, uh, I, I could not. I don't think he did. I don't believe he did, but I do believe he played some first base in the Milwaukee organization when he first came up. Now, the thought process right now, you know, that everyone talks about is him moving to first base if he's healthy enough to do it. And then you would put Kitness out in left field. And that would, you know, obviously change, you know, with Ramirez at second and you would have Diaz at third, how that works out. Now, if you lose Bruce, you lose your 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 left fielder too. You know, and I know the Indians have a plethora of, of outfielders to use. However, if you added an Atani and put them either in right or left field, and let's just say left field for the time being, and he only has to play there two, three days a week. Mm-hmm. Have a day where he either comes off the bench or is a DH. Mm-hmm. And what if what if he's good enough to start? What if he's your fifth starter? We do need one. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm just you know freeballing like you said. You know, taking talking about different things. And this mm-hmm. is what every team's talking about. This is what every team in the major league should be talking about. And I'm sure they have. Uh, you know, I don't care. Like I said, if you're the if you're the if you're the you know Miami Marlins who you know just got a new ownership and wants to trade Sant you know Stanton and his two hundred ninety five million dollar contract, that would be a way to sell your fans is that you got you know maybe the greatest Japanese player ever to you know to take take over for Stanton as a uh, for the next six years to build a team around. Uh, if you're the New York Yankees, obviously, you know, you have a plethora of outfielders right now to yourself, mm-hmm. but you're talking. And the the Giants, who we talked about earlier, were Brumgarner, who went down with an injury, and their season changed, mm-hmm. uh, who wants to compete again to that, you know, that part of California uh, in an excitement, a player, you know, for uh, for. For the Giants, so it, I definitely see a lot of potential for a lot of teams. He makes he makes sense for every team out there. I don't care what team you are, you can make room for a player of this caliber, and for just the ability to quote unquote post the twenty million dollars. I mean, you're all you're doing is showing that you had the twenty million dollars to pay the team. You have a chance to get, no. And what's the worst you can do? You set you you give him a a, a five year deal, whatever. And look, and if the Indians do it like they always have in the past, they overpay a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they give you they get them out of arbitration. So you know that may be a a selling point to someone like him. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just you know we're just talking about scenarios. But things to any team is going to be huge, and wherever he ends up. And I guess, you know, I would say the Giants, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets. Uh, and I put Texas as a possibility because, you know, they signed you Darvish and they've had some experience with this type of, or you know, mm-hmm. a free agency in the past. 
you know, I never put anything past the Cubs, and especially with Madden as their manager, because he's the type of guy who would go out of his way to have yep. such, such flexibility as a, a, a guy who uh, play in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I think the Cubs would definitely be in, in play. You know, I, I think any of the major markets teams are obviously in play. The question is, is uh, Tani interested enough to maybe take a chance on a mid-major mm-hmm. or a, a mid-sized market, I should say, you know, or a small market and uh, roll the dice because he's given up millions and millions of dollars to play now. And, you know, like I said, because of the way the rules is written, he'll be basically just like any other sign as a free agent, an international free agent. You're going to be under control at the major league level for six mm-hmm. seasons. Wow, that's going to be huge for whatever team it lands up. And I hope, you know, Antonetti and his uh, th- group think, imagine they have. They've probably oh, gone over a different scenarios. Yeah, and – that they can at least be in a conversation when no one expects it. Because this would be a type of player who, if you do lose a Santana and a Bruce, could help fill that gap mm-hmm. immediately. And a left-handed hitter at progressive slash the Jake Phil. Jake. Oh, it would be wonderful mm-hmm. to see him. You know, he's a left-handed hitter. I think he could do really, really amazing things. Uh, obviously, you know, Boston, he could do amazing things too as a left-handed hitter or, I mean, it's not, there's a lot of opportunities and it just had a, you know, I'll tell you a team that should go after him purely out of pure marketing. But can you imagine him with the Colorado Rockies, how far the ball would travel? (laughs) And if he could actually be a pitcher of caliber in Colorado at that altitude, you, you got to try that, some different I mean, things in Colorado as a pitcher. Yeah. I mean, how how, how crazy would that be? He could hit the ball 500, 500 feet. Him and, him and Judge, you know. <laughs> and they're good, you know, too. Who knows? It, it, it's something. And they, every team in baseball could use this guy. It's like I equate it to the – I equate the posting feed of this. In high school, you see this cute girl at the lunch table. Or in middle school at recess in the playground, you know. But you're always kind of, I don't know if I really want to go talk to her. You know, you're like the Indians or the Twins or the Blue Jays or the Rockies. The bring up. You're like, kid, yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know, you're the nice guy. You're the nice guy. You're you the funny your guy. Swing. But you're always like, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to hear the word no. I don't want to get turned down, but in baseball, it's better to go down swinging than looking. I mean, so say you go up and say, "Hey, you want to talk?" And you know, do you want to? What's he gonna say? No, it's not gonna right. change. I mean, that's- it's not gonna cripple your franchise or do anything. It's not like you're out twenty million dollars if he says no to you. It's not. Well, here's the thing. It's not like you're signing. You know. Uh- Giancarlo uh, Stanton, $330 million contract, a no-trade 13-year contract, you know? You're not doing that. That's the the beauty of this, is that this is not the $300 million contract that he probably could command a couple of years. 
It's it's amazing opportunity. So it shows you what he wants to do that he wants to play now in the major leagues and mm-hmm. and test his ability. He become one of the greatest flops of all time. I have a feeling he won't be. I think he nope. could absolutely maybe as good as advertised. I've never seen him play. I haven't either seen him play. Uh, you know, maybe I seen him in the World Baseball Classic or something like that, and just never paid attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, enough to remember on, on YouTube and other places to find. And that's something you know. Maybe I'll do here in the next week. Just uh, do some some searches on him and get more information. But yeah, the Indians got to take a chance. Yep. They absolutely have to. If you're the Pirates, you absolutely have to. You know, there's every team in baseball should be doing it. Price is right. You know, you're talking to maybe a, what, 30, 30, 30, you know, and I, I hate talking money in baseball or any sports because it's not my mm-hmm. money. And it's not important. You know, I always see people ask, is this player worth something? He's worth what they're willing to pay him. That's right. You know, that's just the way it works in sports. And, you know, oh, he ain't worth $17 million. Oh, but he's worth $13 million? <laughs> Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it, it doesn't, you know, it's the same thing to me. I go, or, like, I make that type of money to know the difference between $13 and $17 million. You know, yeah, there's a huge difference there. But, but the uh, one team really, he's worth $17 million yeah. with the impact he makes. Right. But, you know, my point is, you know, I always hear that and I, I, I laugh because it doesn't matter to me. I don't care, you know, like Stanton's making, he has $295 million on his contract. Okay, that matters as a baseball fan because you're if you're a Marlin fan, you're trying to trade him. And mm-hmm. he has such a high level of of saturation on your payroll that you it matters to the growth of your team. Contract. So right now, if you're a fan of the Marlins, maybe you want to keep him for the whole time because you want to see one of the hitters in baseball play. I mean, we'll have to wait and see how that all works out. But I, I, I just, I, I get a kick out of people who, who say, oh, he's not worth fourteen million, or he's not worth fifteen. Well, guess what? Yeah. Carlos Santana will probably sign anywhere between in the seventeen, eighteen, nineteen million dollar contract this year with somebody, uh, and and that's just the way it is. It's going to happen because that's what the open market will bring. Now, just like uh, Incarcion last year, you know, signed with the Indians on a three-year deal. You know, that's what the market would bring last year. It was a down market. Uh, you know, he could have, you know, I, you know, you think of other teams out there that could have made a move for him and didn't. You know, maybe uh, Boston, for example, you know. If they went after him instead of uh, the one-year fix that they did at first base, you know, he would have been their DH for the next, you know, four years, and they had a lot more yep. money to offer than the Cleveland Indians did. And that's just, you know, market size and, and economics, but it is what it is. The writing, you know, the so, writing's on the wall. You know, I, I, right. Mm-hmm. I just say, you know, because the Otani thing is so economically easy mm-hmm. to do for any team to at least make a bid and go for it because – you know, someone wins the lottery. I don't know who they are, but someone wins it every week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why can't why can't your team win the Otani lottery? Because that's what this one is. It really because everybody almost has the exact same chance. It I I mean it, as I've gotten older and and I I say it like I'm so old, but I'm only twenty six, be twenty seven in in a month. But as I as I get older and I, I, 
I do more stuff and I all this stuff. The more I realize it's stupid not to take a chance. If in the back of your mind you have any inclination that you want to do something, I mean, why the hell not do it? I, I mean, really, in baseball, in a life, or in football, or in anything, if you want this kid, he's that good. You will find a spot for him on your team. So you go out and say, you know what? Here's a, here's a check for $20 million. Let's talk. And yeah, I'll fly to let's you. Let's see what happens. I, I mean – you might you may just impress him enough that yeah. he says this is where I want to go play. Hey, look, he might be your it. lap. We've heard it so many times in baseball in the last four years. You know, now we're going into the fifth season of of, of Francona as the manager of the Indians. How many players have talked about one of the reasons they mm-hmm. wanted to play in Cleveland was Francona? And you know, it matters. You know, and sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes, you know. It's a scenario where you learn and you take a chance. And then, you know, maybe you say, oh, I just wanted to play, you know, whoever paid me the most. And he was the manager. And now I'm thrilled to death to get it. You know, you know, someone like, you know, like, like, like Napoli, who tells everybody that, you know, that's the best she ever in baseball was mm-hmm. playing for Terry Francona. You know, and did he have a great year? He had a really good year as a production, as a home run hitter, but he didn't have a great year. Yeah, he had 100 RBIs, and I think he had, what, 30 home runs, 32 home runs that year for the Indians. But Yeah, 34, 35. 25, yeah. 235 or something like that. So it's not like he, you know, he crushed the ball all over the field all year long. He had some big home runs for the Indians, and I, mean, I was trying to – importance. My point is, uh, you know, Otani may just sit down, you know, with his representatives and – talk baseball with somebody and, and actually say, yeah, I want to play for him. Jim Leland was the same way. Players love talk, talking about, I love mm-hmm. playing for Jim Leland. You know, when he was with the Pirates or the, the Tigers, you know, or even the Marlins, there's many who say that play for him just said they love playing for the guy, you know, and different sports and different, you know, different coaches or managers. And, you know, that's not a surprise, but that's one way to sell a, a player is who they, uh, you know, who the coaching staff is and who the uh, manager is. And we'll have to wait and see. Look, let's turn the page real quick. Uh, just up here in the next 10, 15 minutes yep. as uh, we get going. But uh, the basketball season has begun at the collegiate level. Yes, it level. has. And yes, it has. The team in, in Youngstown has started with Jared Calhoun, and uh, they got off to a, a, a hard start or a split, a split pants type start. And, uh, in Akron the other day when they uh, they had the uh, the tip-off against the flashes where they, in the second half, they really just weren't able to, you know, keep up with them. Right and out of gas. I guess, yeah, and I guess the most important or the, the funniest thing that happened is uh, <laughs> pants in the, in the first half and uh, coach sitting down for most of the first half and then uh, ended up in a, uh, uh, what is it, a, a wop suit jumped. in the second half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, listen, I talked to John Varga, who who absolutely does a fantastic job, not only on YSU stuff, but high school sports as well. I mean, it, he's one of the best in the area we got. Um, oh, yes. And he said after the Kent State game, he had people contact him about, oh, well, Cajun needs to go. And I don't want to get into that because it it, it, it is so stupid and so 
Ron Potesta overreactor, the sky is falling, that it's not worth our breath. Listen, people don't realize last year that Kent State won the MAC. The MAC year in and year out is a very good, one of the top mid-major conferences in the country that when they're at every five years, two or three of the years, their champion will push a top seed in the NCAA tournament. And if you remember last year, they had Lonzo Ball and three seed or four seed UCLA on the ropes until the, until the more talented team won out. Kent's really good. Kent's there to win the Mac again, and they'll probably win it again this year. And what people don't realize is for 18 or 18 and a half minutes of that first half, YSU was toe-to-toe beating Kent State. And like any coach talks about, the last two minutes of the half and the first two minutes of the half, those are big for young teams that are trying to pull the upset. And YSU was a young team trying to pull the upset. Listen, there's I think Coach said he has five or six new guys playing. I don't I forget what the stat is. Um I think it's seven, and they actually. Really, okay. But, uh, and they played really well. But look up. It is a completely different culture change. It's a, it's a culture shock. This is a, com, a chaotic, havoc-like style that if you're not used to playing, it, like we said all offseason, it will take some time. Relax. And listen. For being gassed and winded, we still scored near 80 points on the MAC champions. I mean, and Cam Morris didn't have a great shooting night, and Santiago's banged up. Relax, people. And then you come around, and I know it's, I know it's Franciscan, and I know it's a Division Three team, and they weren't supposed to play him, but because of schedule and conflicts and changes, they had to, they had to find somebody. I, I understand why it's because who knew him from West Virginia. But the matter of fact is you won by 88 points. I don't care if who you're playing. When you win by 88, it's that we can relax. We can do this thing. Our system will work. And you scored 140-something points or 130-something points. So it doesn't matter who you play. If you score the ball that well, you're going to win a lot of games. And let's realize, one of the best shooting, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the in the Horizon League the past couple of years has been Youngstown State. They did not shoot the three ball the first two games because their legs were dead tired. Once they get comfortable and better conditioned, this team is going to win a lot of games that they wouldn't have the past couple of years. Is their defense going to, is it going to be, 95-90, yeah, but all that matters in the end of the day is a win. It, they're not going to judge you by style points or anything like that. All you got to do is win. And I like what I see from Calhoun. I love everything he said. Um, and he said after the game one, he said it's unacceptable. He wasn't like, oh, well, hey, we hung in there for 20 minutes, but we lost. He said, no, it's unacceptable. My teams don't play this kind of defense, and we will get better. And they did. Now, tomorrow night, they got a good – or Saturday against Akinesius, they got a good chance to get even better. And they got some – I'm going to say this, too, and I may be off my rocker a little bit. But in a couple weeks, they play 
at Indiana, I believe. Don't be surprised if that's a game late in the second half. Yeah, we'll wait and see. You know, here's, here's I watched here's, Indiana me, yesterday, and they're let terrible. Let me, let me, let me. Okay, <laughs> the Indiana has a problem. There's no question about that. There's a lot of problems in Indiana basketball right now, but I, I'm really not interested in their problems. <laughs> here's the truth of the matter: is it's a brand new program, as you mentioned, and mm-hmm. uh, new players, and it's an opportunity to grow this program. Same. Franciscan and uh, the other night over at Big League, as you mentioned, it was kind of a scheduling scenario where they had to find someone. Division three teams, the easiest thing to schedule. And I have no problem with that. It was, look, exhibition game for Franciscan, so it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. the score was. It does count for YSU, one of those quirky things in sports that happens. Yeah. Good deal. What was important is that they, they wanted to achieve what they want they played the style of basketball. Uh, Jared Calhoun wants them to play. And that's going to be interesting because we've seen when I watched the first half of that game, and I watched a little bit of the second half, but by then the game was pretty much yeah. way over. But uh, anyways, what I really was more intriguing is how he managed his team. And he did the same thing in the, against Kent State as he did. Yes. And is He started five guys and then so- – he rotated five guys out. That is Bill Fitch like mm-hmm. um, going back in the days with the Cavaliers back in the seventies. He didn't see that very much in 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 sports. He did see it a few times, I believe, with Arkansas back in the day when they used to be Arkansas did in ninety. There's a few you others. Did it, did it, I think too. When you're playing that style of basketball, you need to do that mm-hmm. because you're playing up tempo uh, defense where the whole 90 feet. So yep. it's going to be interesting to see how this, you know, how they grow the season defensively and creating turnovers and getting easy baskets. Bro, look, as and most people know, the non-conference season is an opportunity to grow and get better as a basketball program. Obviously, wins helps your rating and helps you achieve postseason status for the different postseason tournaments there are because PI and everything else. So any wins you get that matter against other Division One schools matter. Uh, I don't care if it's Kent State or if it's you know, you know, Canisius or whoever you may have on your schedule. Every win matters on that level. However, the truth of the matter is, what matters most is what you do in conference and giving yourself an opportunity to succeed in the conference uh, tournament come March, and that's what it's all about. And and continue growth. Of this program, and we'll wait and see. I'm not. I'm. I, my expectations are. Uh, I, I think you just got to give Jared uh, Calhoun an opportunity to grow with this program, and and see where they go. Look, I love the idea that he's competitive. I love the idea yep. that he, you know, is has high standards. I think every coach you talk to does. No one say, "Oh no, no, it was good enough." No, yeah, I've never met that coach. Nope. at any level. You know, at the high school level or the uh, at the collegiate level or the, the professional level, which I have had the opportunity to talk to, I've never any coach says that. So, of the talent level that you have, the program that you're trying to build, and the style of basketball you want to play, and I think it's going to be exciting. And you know, my congratulations does go out to and uh, the YSU men's program and 
YSU's athletics for getting that three-year deal done with West Virginia mm-hmm. this week, uh, where they're going to play twice down in West Virginia and play the third game. Or actually, I think it's in between. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. the sandwich game will be played actually at uh, Cavelli. the Cavelli Center. So, hey, I I think that's wonderful, and I think it's great for the program. Anytime, I mean, when I was, you know, a young a young guy back in high school and that, why she did play uh, West Virginia and, and lost like by two points mm-hmm. down in West Virginia that they should have won. And, and it came very close and didn't do it. And this was, you know, way back when uh, I think Dom Roselli was actually still the head coach <laughs> at YSU. That's how long ago it was. Last year as a, as a head coach in, in at YSU before uh, Rice got here. But my point is that it, it's a great, it's a great get and it's a mm-hmm. great opportunity to help grow this program. I think that tip-off classic where you have Cleveland State, Youngstown State, Akron, and Kent all get together to play, I think that is a wonderful thing. And not only does it raise money for a, a worthy uh, charities, gives uh, these four schools an opportunity to play against each other, court-type scenario. And I think that's a good thing. And – you know, that's I think it's really something that, that can grow and be a big part of uh, Northeast Ohio because there's like Kent State and Akron and San State should not have some type of a, a Northeast Ohio tournament in the years going forward mm-hmm. where you're going to have those four teams play against each other. I understand the connection that, A, that will probably never happen for this simple reason. And you don't need to have an actual tournament. But you could have, for example, guaranteed to play uh, Kent State and Akron, and same with mm-hmm. same guarantee go out to Cleveland Robin. State, mm-hmm. and well, yeah, and just back to back days, you mm-hmm. know, and and let them play. It's just you know, having a double header one night, yep. which is fine. I just hope that in the future it grows and it has a chance to do something great for the for basketball and for the area and and basketball fans because uh, there's Northeast Ohio. Deserves great basketball, and we have four great universities that play and to give this opportunity. Two are in the Horizon League, two are in the MAC. Why not for those four schools to play each other on a yearly basis? And this is the way it's being done. So, and my hats off to all those involved. I'd love to see him play at the Q. I mean, that'd be really cool. It it may happen someday. I think if this grows, I think if this grows, it can happen. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and they might already have a schedule at the Q. I don't know. Uh, I haven't. I know last year was at YSU. That was the first year of it. This year was at Akron. Next year, my guess is at Kent. And then after that, it could be at Cleveland State, and Cleveland State could host it at the Q. I, yeah, I don't know. And Cleveland State has a great facility, too. So, yes, you know, do. anything's possible. So we'll just have to wait and see. But hopefully, you know, maybe after these four years of running this, uh, it grows and becomes to the next level mm-hmm. where you have uh, – these uh, these four schools play each other, you know, in a uh, like you said, kind of uh, back to back. Rob, Rob, yeah, and, and it's not necessarily a tournament. Meaning, mm-hmm. yeah, this way, Kent State and in, in Youngstown's not playing, you know, Cleveland State before the uh, before the conference play, you know, and I and I totally get that. So, but anyways, I like it kicking off the season though. Oh, I think I it's like great. That. I, I think, think it's great kicking off the season. It's it's, it's the correct thing to do. Yep. For schools involved and uh, for the fans. And that's, yep. you know, bottom line, 
go to the game, you know, it's tough to watch any sports. And that's what it comes down to. Real quickly, YSU's football season has one more game left. An important game. And we'll see what happens after that. I think the, I think their season's done. But I yeah, guess with the expanded playoffs, there's an outside shot. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to poo-poo it. I'm just saying we'll just wait and see what happens. Let's win this week. Let's win this week and just see what happens and not worry about it. Listen, for everything, and I don't want to seem like I'm being a homer now, but but you look at all the injuries you've had. uh, For the second straight year, you've gone three deep at quarterback. Not many teams are going three deep at quarterback every single year. That's a problem. You had a young defense. You lost three – NFL players on that defense. Um, and listen, we didn't have leadership, and we we knew losing Rivers and Moss in the locker room would be a tough thing to do, and we didn't do a great job of it. Um, credit to the guys for coming back after a devastating stretch. You lose four in a row, coming, and the last one being a seven-touchdown or a five-touchdown defeat at home. Uh, that's tough, uh, but to come back and to possibly win three in a row to finish the season, uh, six and five, it's not not what you wanted this year, not what anybody thought, uh, but it gives you positive momentum heading to the next year. Hopefully we can get healthy, fix some things, tweak some things, uh, get a little bit older, um, and listen, you got to think sooner or later the injury bug and the late game bounces are going to start going your way. And I think it's what Coach Winnie talks about. Just keep trusting the process. Focus on you. I mean, it's kind of been unfair the last couple of years. The injuries and the bounces not going our way. And not to mention, nobody in our conference has a type of schedule we did. For a month, you're playing top 10 teams. I, it'd be nice to get a couple of breathers in there. It'd be nice to have an Indiana State sandwich in between South Dakota State and South Dakota. It'd be neat, you know, but uh, I don't want to make excuses. You were in the well, championship no, here, let me, last let year. Let's, you play so you let's, play. let's let's move on real quickly here, Anthony. Let's just let's put it this way. I don't care what your schedule is. You have to win the games that are yep. in front of you that week. The line is the, the, the Penguins this year did not finish ball games when they had opportunities, and it cost them games. And – if it's turnovers, if it's just, you know, defensively, whatever you want to talk about, there were a stretch of four games where why she did not play there. And whatever reason you want to cite, the final score basically says it. So it is, it was what it was this year. However, a chance to finish out strong, and that's what matters most Yep. Uh, for the Penguins. Real quickly, uh, uh, the NFL is going on, and we'll get into that next week. Plenty to talk to. Yeah, I know your team sucks. (laughs) I know your team sucks. So does mine. So we'll we'll get into that later. But we're combined uh, what three and what thirteen this year? (laughs) Oh, wins picked up. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Hey, here here's here's the here's the bottom line. Let me get. You know what? Uh, Here, uh, let me put it in in perspective for you. You know, you being a Denver fan, uh, myself being a Browns fan. And this goes across the board in the NFL. It shows the lack of quarterbacks available mm-hmm. in the NFL. Bingo. And it is a it is a quarterback's league. We've said that for years. And it's not just a cliche. It's the truth. 
And if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. You look at the teams that are winning, they have the leadership at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, someone like Drew Brees, who won a Super oh, Bowl, man. He has his team going in the right direction at the right time. Tom Brady, the same thing with the Pats. Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, ben hurt this year. That's why the Packers are in the situation they're in. And you look at, for example, a perfect example is this is Houston. They made the trade to get Watson. And look at the different team they were oh. with Watson before the injury and what they are now. And by, on, by the way, real quickly before I go away, this because this needs to be mentioned. I don't wish injury on any player, but what a saving grace that injury is to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, right now, I mean, if the season ended today, they would have the first and seventh pick in both the first and second round of the NFL playoff. The draft is coming here. I'm not – look, we can get into the scenario, but my whole point is I know you don't have saying, the quarterback, you yeah. can't – you don't have the quarterback, you can't win. You know, I don't wish – you know, what happened to Watson was is horrible and wrong and disappointing and and frustrating for all the fans out there who are NFL fans and want to see good quality football because he was exciting to watch. But if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're not going to win. No way. And it's been proven time and time again – Teams that struggles, you look at who's quarterbacking that team. There's a reason why you're struggling, and that's what it comes down to. And you know, I've I've harped about the the Browns scenario uh, before the season began, and we are they are what they are, and they are where they are right now. And it starts at center, and it, and it ends there. That is the question in the NFL: Do you have a quarterback? And if the answer is yes, chances are that you're a playoff caliber team. And if the answer is no, chances are you're not. And you're in a scenario like the Browns and the Broncos who are looking for a legitimate me, NFL quarterback. I'll say this, and I don't and I don't want to I don't know what the right word is. But if you look at the Broncos the past two weeks, the main problem hasn't been Brock Osweiler. He's he played pretty well for the most part against the Patriots. Not great. He didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't play terrible considering that the special teams gave up 24 points. Now, Brock had a pick, and it was terrible, but he didn't play half bad. But it, well, here's the thing. that's another story Here, to get into for another time. It's, it's, well, here's the thing, it's, and, and just real quickly on what you're saying, you're not incorrect saying that, that Osweiler did not play horrible. He played – at a Pro Bowl level? No. No. Did he play at a winning level? Nah, he, played, he played at an acceptable level. And, and here's the thing. You look across the board at every team. You, you just say yes or no, who has a quarterback? And the ones you say yes to are the ones that are in contention for the playoffs. Outside of maybe Jackson. to win divisions. And there's no exception to that rule. Even you could say, you know, maybe Jacksonville is the only exception to that rule right now. How great their defense is and, and what they are achieving. But even Borders, Bortles is not playing horrible. No. And that's you can get you can play below average quarterbacking if you have an exceptional team around that quarterback. However, well, not most teams don't will not. You know, and that's the carry. 
you know, that's the carrot. That's the matters. If you don't have the quarterback who can actually drive the ball downfield and make the plays and make the reads, then it doesn't matter who you are. Chances are you're going to be a sub-500 team this year. You can look across the board, and you can see that. You can even see it in, in a situation like Buffalo, who's 5-4, and four, who probably should be playing for the playoffs, bench Tyra yeah. you know, Taylor this week for a rookie. Yeah. I mean, they want to find out what the rookie is going to do. They're jumping the gun yes, there a little bit. But it is what it is. But it tells you that they have no faith in him mm-hmm. to be a legitimate NFL quarterback who can you build a team around. And a perfect example is your Broncos, when they had a chance, when they made the playoffs with Tim Tebow, they didn't set still. They went out and got themselves the best quarterback in football in Peyton Manning. And they became contenders for three straight years and won a Super Bowl and went to two of them. So that's the bottom line. You have to put a team around a quarterback that can win. Mm-hmm. Don't have that that ingredient. The odds of you winning become greatly less. And that's where the majority of the play in the NFL is at. That's why the ratings are down. The ratings are down because the product is not as good as it could be. And the quarterbacks coming out of college, unfortunately, because of the way the system is, they're not ready for the NFL. However, it is what NFL teams have to deal with now and figure out. And you don't have five years to find that quarterback at the most. And we'll just have to wait and see. Look, I don't want to, you know, go on beyond this. But I do want to say this. If you want to follow Anthony on Twitter, it's ACAP17. Mm-hmm. And I am at Tim Continenza. Also, you can follow us on Twitter on our official Twitter uh, account, Video MVP. I am on all social medias as Tim Continenza. Simple as that. So if you see me and you want to follow me on Instagram, where I post some of our player of the games, from Z104 and other things throughout the season. You may want to check that out. And next week I'll talk about this beard and how yeah. I got caught into it. I'm the only one at his going in. Yep. I seen a picture of Matt. He's clean shaven on the beach. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about that uh, uh, next week, but uh, final thoughts here before we say goodnight. Uh, it's uh, pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to go close to home here. Uh, best of luck. Uh, to Canfield this week in the uh, regional finals against Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's. And my cousin uh, won't be able to go to the game because of a work scheduling conflict. Uh, but I'll be pulling like hell for you, Jack, to uh, uh, bring home a big win and advance the state. Uh, uh, so good luck to Coach Pat this week in Canfield and their quest uh, to get back to a second uh, state semifinal in a decade. Yeah, let's let's see the Cardinals do that. There's no question about that. Of course, the Raiders from South Range still going strong, and I uh, want to wish them uh, both two undefeated teams doing well. So let's let's wish them both uh, the best of luck this week. Uh, I want to thank you. I got a chance for helping me out this season on uh, Z104 and everything you brought to the this year. It was phenomenal to have you along. I enjoyed it tremendously. Hopefully, we'll continue it next year. I talked to Mark. Everything looks good for that possibility. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and uh, of course, Matt, and we'll have Matt back once mm-hmm. he gets off the beach in Florida yeah. to Northeast Ohio. In reality, yeah. we'll get him to join us here on the radio MVP here, too. So, 
Anthony at ACAP17 on Twitter. I'm Tim Contenezza on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget, facebook.com slash radio MVP pod. And of course, our website, you can find all our past on there and information about both of us at radiomvp.com. And finally, uh, please, if you get this through uh, iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and give us a one-two sentence uh, review. We're trying to get more reviews on there. The more reviews we get, the higher we go up the rankings. It would help us uh, tremendously as we try to grow Radio MVP. We're doing pretty good. Yep. Triple this uh, here in the next few months and, and really take off come uh, 2018 months. And I can't wait to uh, to grow it a little farther. So with your help, tell your family and friends about this podcast. Promote it on Twitter. Retweet some of our tweets about it. And uh, please go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. You can give us a one-star, but I appreciate the five-star. And uh, the one or two-sentence review, it would go a long way in helping us grow Radio MVP. And we can do more exciting things in the future if we can get that going and pick up a sponsor or two along the way. So for Anthony Canfield, I'm Tim here in Foreman. We will catch you next week here on, on Radio MVP.